Here we go again. Welcome back, everybody, to What's True for Everybody. This is experience number 62, and we're continuing our series, Seeing God in a Pandemic, where we talk to a variety of people and have essentially a two-part conversation with them. One is, how has this pandemic affected you, your life, your work, your routine? Uh, in this case with our guest, it's just tell us your experience. And then the second part of, of this conversation was in the midst of all of that, even in this, how have you seen God? What's God doing in you? How, how have you seen him working in yourself and others in the world? Uh, where is God taking you through all this? And today we are honored to have a guest, our friend, Kate Spruill. Kate is a COVID-19 survivor. And I intentionally use that word survivor uh, because there was a time where Kate didn't know if she was going to make it through the virus. And we'll have her explain that. And Kate, uh, how do I describe Kate to you? I know Kate through uh, a, a church I used to work at. Kate was super involved and like volunteer extraordinaire, always smiling, always positive. If you, wa if you want to be in a good mood, you want to be around Kate Spruill. Uh, fun, just the type of person that, that brings you joy. So Kate, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Matt. Um, it means a lot to be in the presence of you. I've always um, looked up to you and I know I've expressed that to you um, and just appreciate the opportunity to be here and to share my experience. Yeah, you're welcome. And we're honored that, that you're here. Um, tell us a little bit first, just about your family, uh, who's in your family. Um, what do you love to do when you're not working? You work in, in healthcare. Um, so we've also crossed paths that way as well. And then you had a weird dream. I don't know how long ago. <laughs> Tell us about your dream too. <laughs> wow, I didn't think you were going to put me on the spot with that I one. But... I didn't think about that until just now. You don't, you don't have to answer that one. No, I, I will. It's okay. funny. Um, so I am a mother of two boys. I'm married. Uh, my husband is Eric with a K. That's important. That's important. Um, and I have um, two boys. Um, my older son is James. He is just turned 17 years old. He's a junior in high school. And I have um, a younger son, Hunter, who's 11 years old. He's a fifth grader, um, excited to start middle school next year. Um, nice. I work in, for a medical home health care agency that I helped launch about five years ago. And um, I didn't know you helped launch I, it. That's awesome. I did. Um, I also have a life coaching business called Lovefully, and that's something I do on the side, working one on one with people. Um, when I'm not working or hanging out with my boys, I um, I enjoy walking. I do a lot of walks with friends um, here in the community. Um, I love movies. I like hiking. Um, I love playing games. It's hard to get my boys to play games, with me. <laughs> um, but I do love playing cards and things like that. Um, What's yeah, your so that's favorite? kind of, what was that? All time favorite movie. What is it? Oh, there's so many movies that I really love. Um, A Star is Born uh, um, is probably one of the most recent ones that just, Oh, I loved it so much. <laughs> um, 
but there's a lot of really great movies um, from when I was growing up too that I really enjoyed. Um, like Mary Poppins was one of my favorite oh, yeah. movies. I don't blame um, Sound of Music, kind of old school stuff. I, as I got older, I liked stuff like Titanic and Braveheart. So nice. I like a lot. Nice. Of, I like a whole variety of movies, but. Um, <clears throat> As far as the dream that I had, I told Matt it when he reached out to me <laughs> to potentially be on his podcast. It was perfect timing. A couple days earlier, I had had a dream where Matt actually asked if I would um, speak on his behalf to an outdoor church service because he had something come up. And um, I got busy and didn't study his notes until about 10 minutes before I was supposed to leave the service and I was a little bit flustered and um, I had a big wad of gum in my mouth so I was <laughs> trying to present to these people what and read Matt's notes make it sound awesome like Matt does and all this gum I kept pulling it out of my mouth and it was stuck to my teeth and I couldn't get it out it was just awful and I woke up and um, right away Googled, what what does it mean if you have gum stuck to your teeth? <laughs> I can't remember what it said. I think it was like, you're having a difficult time articulating what you want to say or something. But um, uh, that's either, funny. I, I thought about telling Matt and then I was like, no, that kind of sounds creepy if you, if you tell um, somebody you had a dream about them. So I didn't say anything. And then when he approached me a couple of days later about um, being here, on his podcast, I thought, okay, I'll go ahead and share with this. <laughs> I did not. Anyway, it was that's not the creepy. dream. It was awesome. I, Corey and I laughed <laughs> real hard. Um, and I did not, I did not tell you that I was going to bring that up because I didn't even think about it until I was introducing you. Uh, so thank you for being good sport. And by the way, everyone, I think every preacher has had the dream of I'm supposed to give a talk or whatever it is in three minutes, 10 minutes, and I don't have anything to say, or I'm not wearing, I'm wearing my pajamas or whatever it is. So I've had many of those oh, oh, types bet. of dreams. So, <laughs> um, okay, here we go. This topic, what we're realizing and what Kate, you've recently realized is has the potential to bring up a lot of big opinions. Um, mm -hmm. And there's a lot going on right now of, opening the economy and when to do it and how quickly to do it and what to open first and protests. And, um, you can are like, everyone has a right to their opinion. I have mine, all the listeners, you have yours. Um, and for every like Kate, we interview, we could interview a lot of people who have had the virus and barely knew it had a, had cold symptoms or, um, you know, so, many who probably don't even know that they had it. Uh, I was recently reading in Acts and, and talking to Kate and some of her experience made me think about this passage, this guy, Peter in Acts, he heals a lame, be uh, lame beggar and he and, and John and other disciple are preaching Jesus and the religious leaders don't like it and they throw him in jail and then they bring him before the religious leaders and Peter's like, hey, what's the deal? Are, are you upset that like we were kind to a dude and we healed him and you asked us how we did it or why we did it. And we proclaimed it was the power of Christ. And um, like, we could argue about that stuff all day long. And then Peter has this line. He says, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Um, so there's this insight that 
you cannot deny, you can have your opinions. You cannot deny transformation. You cannot deny what's actually happened and how it's changed somebody. That's where the action's at. And that's true for, for all of us. And so um, I thought of Kate because I had recently heard what she went through. Um, and I just thought it would be good to get her experience and how it shaped her if she was willing to talk about it. And, and thankfully, she was. I wouldn't have blamed her if she wasn't. Uh, but she's gracious, gracious enough to be here and share it and even talk about her, her dreams. So here we go. Um, part one, just t tell us your experience with this virus. And let's start with something that since you've actually improved, you've actually been criticized for, which mm -hmm. is um, going to Mexico on March 12th. Um, mm -hmm. And so first, just talk about that decision, because that's a very human decision. Um, you left on March 12th. I had on March 14th, my mom and my brother were, were going to fly from Chicago to Colorado to be with us for a week. Um, we had this plan for a long time, just like you had had Mexico planned for a long time. And they were going to come. We had talked about it. And my mom's in her 70s. And it was like, is this smart? Um, but we were going to do it. And it wasn't until my brother actually started to feel sick on the way to the airport that they decided mm -hmm. to not go. And it didn't turn out. It didn't, it wasn't as far as we know, COVID related. It was just, he didn't, he didn't feel well. And then it was like, okay, we're not going to do that. Um, but this was two days after you actually left. And what I know from that experience is if my mom and my brother were going to come out a week before that, like seven days before that, it would have been almost a no brainer because there wasn't mm -hmm. a ton of talk about it. Yeah. Come out. Nothing's wrong. Um, or very little. Um, and if it was a week after a week later, there would have been a no brainer for us. There's no way we would have had them fly out here no way they would have, but it was almost this perfect time where it was just, I don't know how to explain it. Um, it was a thought and it was a conversation, but it wasn't going to derail our decision at that time. So Kate, I don't know if you can relate to that, but talk about that decision. Yeah, um, I've certainly gotten a lot of heat for the decision to go. Um, obviously, I don't know for sure if that's what resulted in my illness. It very well could have. Um, you know, this decision to go on this trip is something that our family had really been looking forward to. It's not something we don't travel a lot. This was actually our first boy, our first time our boys had ever been out of the country. Mm it was a big deal for our family. We had been planning since um, last fall, last, I think September um, is when we booked this trip. And it was a family um, vacation just for the four of you, correct? It was just for the four of yeah. us. Um, it was ahead of spring break. We decided to leave um, the week before spring break started and let the boys out of school for a few days, <clears throat> primarily because it cost less. <laughs> um, plus we knew there'd be less people um, in the places that we wanted to see while we were there. So, um, I mean, there was a lot of anticipation, um, leading up to it. Um, and there's a financial, obviously piece mm -hmm. to it. We did pay a lot of money, um, ahead of the trip, um, which I mean, um, but like, yeah, that week, um, you know, we had heard, um, coronavirus, China, you know, all China at that point, um, and then starting to um, see it in Europe. Um, the day, a couple days before we left, um, it was reported that um, there were some cases in Washington, and um, we have family in Washington, so 
our minds went there and we're concerned for them. Um, the day that, uh, and Eric and I started talking about it. Do we still go on this trip? And it's like, well, you know, let's see kind of what everyone's saying. And, you know, we looked, um, there weren't any travel restrictions when we started our conversation on, <clears throat> we started our conversation two days ahead of time. And then, um, the day that we left, um, which was March 12th, there were 291 cases reported in the United States. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know if you know, there's over 700,000 now to just to kind of put that into perspective. Mm -hmm. So you're talking 291 versus over 700,000 yeah. and there wasn't and, anything in our area. Yeah. And by the way, for the listeners, we're recording this, what is it? It's Wednesday, April 22nd is, is the day we're recording this. So, okay. Sorry to interrupt there. Yeah. So, um, more than a month, um, since we left, um, so, and we did say, and Eric and I both agreed, we're gonna, like, we'll, we'll keep an eye on what our president says. We'll keep an eye on what the restrictions look like. You know, <clears throat> if it feels like, um, something to avoid, we might have to cancel. And we knew that, um, the morning we left, um, or the day before, um, was actually the day. So on March 11th, um, as we're checking in our flights, the president, um, issued, um, a warning for traveling to China or Europe. Okay. Um, there was no restrictions anywhere else. Um, there was one case at that point in, um, the whole country of Mexico. Okay. And we honestly were like, well, it's unlikely that it's really going to spread that much into the United States. You know, we're a first world country. We, you know, looking at there was, it was a calculated decision, you know, looking at um, previous pandemics like Ebola, um, which barely implemented the United States. Um, things like that. I mean, there's a lot of things that we talked about and we're like, there's nothing that really feels like we should not go. So let's go. Mm -hmm. But we also said, if we go and it does start getting bad, um, we'll just leave early. Okay. Um, so, um, and your, your expertise is healthcare. So it's not like you're ignorant to this kind of, Oh, you're yeah, going into this no. really like thinking right. about this. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, we certainly had the conversation at that point. There weren't, I mean, people were not walking around wearing masks, even on the way home, people were not wearing masks or, or I take that back. When we were on the way home, there were um, some people wearing masks and there was a checkpoint in the um, airport in Mexico um, stopping people at random and checking them for a fever. But it wasn't like it is now. Right. Um, so, um, the, you know, during the time that we were in Mexico, we were in our room for the most part. When we weren't there, we were on the beach. Um, we weren't on top of other people. We were actually <clears throat> pretty well, just the four of us. Um, we did, you know, we did charter a boat. So there was actually two other guys on that boat besides us. Hmm. Um, we um, did a zip line thing and there were a lot more people there, probably 20 people. Um, we did a, um, what other things did we do? Oh, we went to this Eshgaret, which was like swimming in these um, caves. But overall, it was like the four of us together. We weren't really close to a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but we also weren't thinking about that. We were just on a vacation. There wasn't, like I said, there, people were not there in masks. There was not yeah. hand sanitizer. There was at our resort, I think about three or four days in, there started to be conversation amongst the people that we did um, strike up conversations with about, oh my gosh, have you heard what's going on? And we're like, yeah, we, you know, we're, we were still on Facebook. We were still kind of seeing some of what was going on. Um, and then suddenly like ladies started popping up around our resort with hand sanitizer mm. spray. So you would just walk up to them and they would spray your hands and you would walk off, um, which was interesting. It was like, huh, this is really changing. And you did notice like the decrease in people at the resort. Um, and yeah, we did. Um, our flight was um, initially scheduled for um, later on the 19th. Um, we told, or Southwest notified us it was going to be canceled. We decided, and they said they could send us out later. And we had to make the decision of purchasing a whole different airline tickets and everything to try to get back home. And that was kind of a scramble. I think we got the last four tickets on United Airline um, for that day and um, scrambled to pack. It was, it was kind of a hectic morning, but we were able to get out. It was the day that um, the president did um, advise against all international travel, okay. um, which was um, Thursday, March 19th. So that was the day that we made the decision to head back home um, and not stay in Mexico because even while we were there, we knew there was a potential we could be stuck in Mexico if the president were to close the borders, um, which he did end up uh, deciding to do the day after we returned home. So um, we kind of got in under the radar and felt super fortunate that we did. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lady sitting next to me on the airplane um, and we shared hand sanitizers together and hand wipes together and cleaned off our whole area together. And um, she, she was also a spiritual person. And, um, you know, we had a great conversation about um, just how fortunate we felt and how we were seriously blessed to get out when we did. Mm. Um, and, um, and also we talked about, um, how we weren't really feeling anxious or fearful um, because we believed in God and his, um, and we just trust his plan for us. Um, and while um, it seems overwhelming, even coming into the United States, not knowing what to really expect when we got there, you know, there had been rumors that we were going to expect eight hours of lines at customs and, things like that. And, um, that wasn't what our experience was at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was just like, um, you know, she was talking to about some of the, um, people who were already giving her a hard time about being on her trip and, um, isn't she scared and, um, things like that. Um, you know, but to kind of tell you how the numbers progress, like I said, the day that we left, it was, um, 291 cases in the United States. By the time we returned, it was 2,700 cases mm. 
um, reported. So that's a seven day span. Um, and now again, it's April 22nd and we're looking at over 700,000 cases yeah. of coronavirus. So the severity, I like, I think I told one of my friends, hindsight is 2020, you know, had we known that this was going to progress, um, to what it had while we were gone or even to now, obviously we would have made a different decision. Mm -hmm. Um, but we did make that decision based on the information that we had at the time. Yeah. Um, there are some people who say, well, the week before I, I was worried. So how could it be that you made that decision and weren't worried? And it's like, we all have our own experiences. We all see, um, this, you know, different information. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, we were talking about it a little bit of, on the healthcare side, but <clears throat> things did not progress until I was gone, and yeah. things really progressed while I was gone. I had, um, I think, over 900 some messages at work when I returned, um, and I would say 80% of those messages were related to coronavirus mm -hmm. um, and managing our team. So, yeah, that was. That was Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I returned. We returned home with what felt like in the nick of time. I know a lot of our friends and family were grateful we we were able to get back, um, and we were grateful to get back too. Um, and then Friday, March twentieth, I returned to work, but I was immediately I was already quarantined um, for two weeks to my house anyway because okay. I traveled. Yeah. So I did not go out into the. Um, medical community, which is where I usually live, is in doctor's offices, hospitals, nursing homes, assisted livings, places like that. So I hadn't been in those places since March 10th or March 11th, the days before we left. So I was really grateful for that um, because yeah. I obviously, especially now, it's like hindsight is 2020. Mm -hmm. You don't know. I would yeah. have no idea. Yeah. And I, I brought that, I wanted you to answer that question or talk about that because it was a very, I mean, human decision. We all know what it's like to make decisions. Um, hey, this is the information I have right now. And like I said, my family was traveling the same time and we were going to have them do it. Mm -hmm. um, and so you come back and on the 19th, uh, Thursday, mm -hmm. and then you're feeling good. And then it's your, mm -hmm. it's your 38th birthday. Mm -hmm. uh, what was it Tuesday the 24th that's where, right where the story picks up again correct that's correct okay. so worked on Friday started unpacking over the weekend worked on two Monday and Tuesday you know Tuesday was my birthday I was getting a lot of um, awesome messages and love from all my peeps it was awesome <laughs> and um had a little like neighborhood six feet distance happy hour in my driveway um, at around five o'clock or six o'clock. Um, so kind of the neighborhood, you know, each family spreads at least six feet apart and mm -hmm. we're just chatting. Um, and we walk in um, to have dinner for my birthday. I'd asked Eric, I really just wanted a steak for my birthday to <laughs> play cards with the kids. Because it wasn't like I could asked to go anywhere <laughs> not that i i needed to but um it's like you know when times have changed and you're quarantined um you have to look for the things that can bring you joy 
um, without going somewhere to achieve it. So, so yeah, that, that for birthday. me was like, a st- yeah, it's my birthday. So I was you like, I want a steak. I had told them a couple of days before, what do we do for your birthday? I said, I really just want a steak and I want you guys to play cards with me. <laughs> Cause <laughs> again, that's not their choice. So, um, <clears throat> So Eric did, he, you know, I think the day before he was so excited, he had gone to Sprouts and found some steaks and, and then, um, so after the happy hour, we come in and he's like, I was like, right away, I'm like, I don't feel good. And he's like, I don't really feel great either. What's going on? And I'm like, I think I have a cold or a cold coming on. Um, I need to, um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hang out very long, actually. Like, we might not be able to play games. And he's like, well, let's get the steaks cooked. Went out, found out we were out of propane. <laughs> oh, we hadn't used our grill in a while. So I was like, well, we're not going to mess with that. Just go get Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> Next best thing. What's second? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next best thing. So Eric left to, um, to get Chick-fil-A for the four of us. And by the time he got back, I was significantly worse. Um, and that I was a span started, of how long? I, I mean, Chick-fil-A on a bad day is probably 15-minute drive. It was okay. maybe 10 minutes that day because people like are quarantined, so there's not as much traffic. So I'd say 10 minutes there, 10 minutes back, maybe 10 minutes in line, 15 because everyone loves Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so you're looking at maybe 30 to 40 minutes. Okay. Um, he came home. Um, and I was just, I had body aches, a stuffy nose. I was tired. Um, I took some Tylenol, um, and I felt really cold, um, but really tired. And so I told him I I couldn't even get through my Chick-fil-A sandwich that I got. I usually get the nuggets, but I was going big on my birthday (laughs) with the, with the breaded sandwich. (laughs) Um, could not get through it. Um, on a normal day, I would devour one of those sandwiches. <laughs> so obviously, I knew something was wrong. So went to bed, told the boys, "I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to play games." They were not sad about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I went to bed. It was very early. It was around dinner time. Um, and the next morning, um, I was working from my bed. Um, I and again, my job at that po- at this point and at that point is just answering phone calls that come into our agency. Um, so I'm just answering calls and then sending messages off to other people, kind of a middleman. Um, so I was taking calls and middle woman still had what was that middle woman middle woman yeah <laughs> thanks uh-huh. <laughs> um, so. On Wednesday, the 25th, I was having body aches, um, stuffy, runny nose. I was tired. I did not have a fever. Um, I was chilled, though. Like, I was just freezing. I had my sons, um, both of my kids have heated blankets, so I took my younger son's heated blanket. He borrowed it to me to try to keep me warm. Um, and then as soon as I was done with uh, work, I, st- I just laid in bed. I couldn't um, really walk around. Thursday, the 26th, same thing, except for on Thursday, I did develop a mild fever Um, in the evening. It got up to 100.2. I was having some shortness of breath. Um, I lost um, all sense of taste and smell. 
um, and had diarrhea. Mm -hmm. um, and this whole time up to this point, so Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I am just kind of reasoning and saying, you know what, I am an asthma patient. Mm -hmm. I have asthma. I have, I'm allergic to the world. So I'm allergic <laughs> to trees, um, flowers. I'm allergic to dust mold. I'm allergic to every, um, animal feather fur, mm. all grasses. Um, I'm allergic to the world. So <laughs> I get it during the springtime when the, um, you know, the world's at bloom, I, um, I develop these symptoms at mm. baseline. Um, so I was saying, well, this is all normal stuff. It's probably just allergies. Um, I'm probably, um, and when I have allergy issues, I have that post nasal drip. It goes down mm -hmm. into my stomach. It creates diarrhea. It's normal, mm -hmm. normal for me. So I'm at this point. I'm still feeling like this is just allergies. And then on Friday, I started sneezing. Um, I started. I had a slight cough. I had uh, mild chest pains, um, severe body aches that day. Um, my nose was running like crazy. I had no fever. I decided to take Dayquil on Friday. Okay. And then um, I was talking to my boss, um, Kelly. She's incredible. Um, and just kind of had been reporting to her how I'd been feeling. And she's like, I really think that you should reach out to doctor, your doctor, Dr. Lentz. And I, um, her name is Jennifer McCabe Lentz. She's amazing. So I sent a message to her and just said, Hey, you know, I'm, this is what's going on. Obviously it's not coronavirus. I just have a little cold or allergies. Um, so what, what should I do? And she said, I want you to be quarantined at home for seven days. Don't go anywhere. She said, um, until you're at least three days fever free. Again, I just had a mild fever. Mm -hmm. 99. Oh, yeah. Um, as far as my, um, headache, um, she had advised me to use my, um, rice bag, continue to use Tylenol, avoid ibuprofen, mm -hmm. um, use my rescue inhaler that I have as needed for my asthma. Um, and then later on that night, um, I had increased chest pains, increased cough, um, and, woke and then later that night on Friday my fever went up again to 100.2 and at this point I had been taking ibu or excuse me Tylenol um around the clock so as often okay. as I could um and I still had a fever of 100.2 and then on Saturday um I started coughing a lot mm. um Saturday is the first day that I knew something was different that this wasn't just um, asthma. This wasn't just allergies. Um, this was something more. And now you're five um, days in. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. This is day five. Um, and I was coughing like crazy. I was having body aches. Um, my fever was right around 99.9 .9 that day. Is your chest still hurting at this point? Yeah, chest, all of the things. So every every symptom um, stayed. So there okay. was never a time that anything resolved um, until the weekend of April 5th. Um, okay. But um, it was, so yeah, I was just, it was like one thing, it was just stacking. Um, on Saturday, 
in addition to my sneezing, coughing, chest pain, body aches, chills, all the things, I um, started vomiting. Mm. Um, And I vomit when I get really bad headaches um, or migraine headaches. So um, same, still kind of reasoning, well, it's just this bad headache I have, but but also like, no, something's really wrong with me. Um, what's Eric thinking at this point? Eric's moved out of our bedroom at this point. (laughs) Um, on the day after my birthday on that Wednesday, March 25th, James actually left and went to his dad's house. Your 17 year old. Um, My 17 year old. Yep. Um, and he hadn't seen his dad since before our trip. So, um, he was really eager to get back to him and, Um, you know, even his dad was nervous about James coming, knowing I had a cold and I felt it was Mm -hmm. important to, um, tell him that just Mm -hmm. so he knew I was having some symptoms and he was very concerned. Um, fortunately they were all, um, all fine through it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it also was awesome that James was able to be there, um, so that Eric could move into his bedroom and, isolate me to ours um and fortunately we my bedroom i'm um, actually in my room right now um (laughs) is you know i have a bathroom attached to it so i don't have to leave my room um for anything especially with eric thank god i have my husband um he you know um he would come in with his mask on and um, switch out my water bottles. I, I knew the importance of staying hydrated, hydrated through this. Um, and my doctor who was talking to me every day kept emphasizing that. So, he so now you have like a, you have a rotation of water bottles. I have a rotation of water bottles. There's always two full at my bedside. Um, and then Eric would come in with his mask, um, check my temperature, bring me new water bottles and then leave. So that was kind of as much as I saw my husband, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, for many days. Um, <clears throat> and not then, eating um, not eating anything, no, no food, um, at all. Um, I couldn't, mm-hmm. um, and I was sleeping a lot, uh, which was, which was awesome. Um, and on Sunday, the 29th was when, um, my doctor, actually um prescribed i was up to about 100 fever a lot of nausea and vomiting um and she prescribed my doctor prescribed a um cough syrup with codeine um in hopes to try to decrease my cough because when i would cough my headache um would be Uh, exacerbated and it it seriously felt like my brain was going to blow out of the top of my head. I, I like any time I would cough. So I was trying to not cough, but there's no not coughing in, <laughs> in this thing. Um, and so it was, it was excruciatingly painful. Um, a lot of vomiting. And again, I think that's my pain that caused that. Um, but the coughing or the cough syrup was not effective um, for me on, um, Monday, the 30th, um, my cough was at its worst. Um, my headache was even worse. I still couldn't eat. My fever was around 101. Um, and I had implemented that, um, 
cough syrup with codeine. And that was the last day I could actually take notes on, um, on my symptoms this was the last day I could really even lift my head up or, um, ambulate to my bathroom. Yeah. And that, okay. That was um, one of the things I was going to ask trial. you about later. Um, but yeah, it, it really quick here interject. You, you took notes throughout this whole thing. Um, yeah. Why? I always do that. So I work in healthcare and I know that um, patients, um, a lot of times they'll go see their doctor and their doctor will say, Hey, how you doing? And the answer is great. <laughs> and the doctor's like, well, then why are you here? And they're like, I don't know. Well, what's been going on? I don't know. Any problems? no I mean I haven't been feeling well okay and just not a lot of information and you know <laughs> physicians can only treat their patients with the information that they have available to them and so a long time ago I, I don't know it was it, it was a long time ago I started taking notes um, anytime I get sick or my kids get sick right away I start taking notes mm -hmm. uh, because you lose track of it. You know, you lose track of what your symptoms are like, what time it was, when you took your temperature, when you took your last medication. And these are mm -hmm. all things that doctors are asking of their patients when they're trying to evaluate them. So I take yeah. notes. I'm a note yeah. taker. <laughs> and even like, I remember you telling me that a few days ago and expand that. I mean, journaling about life is fantastic because you can go back and look a week ago a month ago a year ago and see what you were thinking feeling health or whatever anything prayers um relationships and so uh that when you mentioned that a couple of days ago that reminded me of the importance of not only taking notes for what you took them for but in in just general mm -hmm. so i think that's that's interesting that today that. i actually was trying to find a note from January 10th of 2018. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to compile these reports I have and um, I do, I take, I actually keep notes all day, every day. Um, I have a page for every day. I can tell you where I drove, who I met with, mm, all wow. of it. I'm, I'm a little bit of a nerd, but um, <laughs> okay. so this is the last this, day you could This take became notes. helpful, but on Monday, March 30th, it was the last day that I could really even take my notes. Um, okay. I, was getting a lot of messages at this point from my family. I was having a really hard time keeping up with the messages that were coming in. Um, my primary messages of importance, at least, were with my doctor and with my mom. The other thing is um, what had started happening a couple days in that I forgot to mention is um, my husband's best friend has this incredible wife. I fell in love with her right when I met her. Her name is Lauren. Lauren is a nurse practitioner um, as well. And so Eric um, fortunately had her as his kind of lifeline. Um, and she was directing him on, you know, what to do, what to check, all of that. Um, she, she was the one who advised that he go out and buy a pulse ox um, to start keeping my O2 stats. Um, my doctor had asked for them but I couldn't report them for the first couple of days. So um, it was awesome to have that. And Lauren was so wonderful and supportive. And I know mm -hmm. she, she had been reaching out to the director of pulmonology with her, her health system as well, who was kind of, she was reporting to him and he was directing her and then she was directing Eric. And so between all the, the messages were overwhelming, um, which was 
a blessing and a curse. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of great messages from people just saying, I have, I have a huge family. I have a whole slew of brothers and sisters and so does my husband and we have cousins and family galore. So just between our family, I mean, we did not post this on social media. Mm -hmm. It was just, you know, who we were intimately involved with, but, um, you know, managing the messages was, was difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, the beautiful messages were the messages of prayer Mm -hmm. um, the messages of just, we love you. Um, the messages from my nieces and nephews and their cute videos, <laughs> just like, oh, we love uh -huh. you, Auntie Kate, get better. Uh -huh. But the messages that didn't feel good were the messages of tell me everything now. The, mm -hmm. the, the details I'm telling you now um, that everybody had been dying to hear, and now they have the opportunity to. It's just, <laughs> it was hard in the moment to say, okay, my fever's this now, and my doctor's saying this now. And, you know, at that point, like I said, by Monday the 30th, I couldn't even lift my head. So yeah, or lift I mean, up my cell phone or look at the messages. I had to give my phone to my husband and say, here, uh, you look at these because I can't. And Yeah, that, um, wasn't, that wasn't really the priority at that point. <laughs> not the priority the priority was live um yeah. and that was it and get rid of this and um, my boss um kelly she's like i said she's just an incredible person she she over the weekend had come and pick up my work phone and just just like do not you're not working <laughs> you're you're mm -hmm. only getting well and and that's the priority and when you're well um then you can come back so that was tough um mm -hmm. Cause I'm a work, I'm a worker, yeah. worker bee. So Monday, so anyway, Monday the 30th we're at now. Yep. Really bad. Things were not looking good that day. Um, I, that was one of the first days that I really thought I would die. Um, mm -hmm. I really truly did not. What, what, why did you think that on that day? Like what changed? I think it was just like, well, at that point, I hadn't eaten in three days at all. Um, nothing seemed to be improving. Um, nothing seemed to be working. Um, it was just... It, I maybe lost hope. Um, mm. But my body was so depleted and I was so weak. I, you know, when I was... Um, when I was sleeping, I was having a lot of weird dreams. And when I was awake, I was just in so much pain and my fever just wouldn't come down. My O2 stats were not improving. Um, they had gone, they had finally started dropping down into the eighties. Um, hundred is where you want to be. Um, it just didn't feel like I was going to make it. Mm. I was pretty sure it was done. And I did start, start bargaining with God at that point. Um, I did start praying for myself at that point. Um, when you say, bar just, how are you trying to do that? Just by, uh, well, first of all, thinking about everything wrong I'd ever done in my life, all of my sins and apologizing and begging for forgiveness, but then making promises to God, like, please God, let me live. You know, I'll be better. I'll, mm. I'll be kinder. I'll do more or less, whatever you want <laughs> me to do. Um, you know, I'll be a better neighbor. I'll, 
I'll be a better friend. I'll swear less. <laughs> That's my worst. <laughs> Ask anybody who knows me, they'll laugh about that, but it is a problem for me. Um, but it was just begging and, and pleading with God um, to keep me alive. That starts Monday. That's Monday. <laughs> okay. Journaling's and done. The next, Bargaining. The journaling's done. Bargaining's begun. <laughs> and um, the next morning is my son's birthday. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, uh, was the 17-year-old or the 11-year-old? 17-year-old. Okay, my so James. James. My baby James. I still call him. <laughs> he hates it. And um, he, he's out of the house at this point, so you can't even see him on his birthday. Right. And he's yeah. been out of the house and he's known I'm sick. Um, and we haven't communicated a lot. Um, I hadn't communicated with anybody a lot. I mean, there wasn't a lot of communication. It was experiencing these symptoms and then sleeping outside of that and, that, and talking to my doctor, um, some check-ins with friends. I had different groups that I like at one point I combined a bunch of my friends into one group because they were all asking me individually. They all knew each other. So I just joined them all together. And I said, look, I don't have the energy. Mm. This was that weekend before I was like, I don't have the energy to tell you all I'm doing at once. So I'm bringing mm -hmm. you all here. So you all get updated at the same time. But it was, it was overwhelming. But that Tuesday, the 31st, um, I called James right away when I woke up the first time to just tell him how much I love him and mm. that I'm sorry that we aren't able to celebrate his birthday and um, that I'm just really proud of him. And it almost felt like I was saying goodbye to him. Mm. And he was really concerned. You know, he was like, I just want you to get better, mom. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I will. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to keep my kids I hadn't seen my younger son. He was in the same house as me and I hadn't seen mm -hmm. him in days. Um, other than I, I fortunately have um, the doors in our bedroom are like these French doors that are glass. So I can see outside to him, like through the glass and he would come by and just wave to me. Uh -huh. So I would see him sometimes from my bed, but obviously I wasn't loving on him like I normally am yeah. <laughs> with hugs and kisses and stuff. Just, so it was hard. Even phone call to James I cannot imagine how much of a helpless feeling that was both for you and for him yeah yeah that was it was tough and I just told them we'll figure out another way to celebrate when all of this is over um mm. and yeah we didn't we didn't talk for long I couldn't um mm -hmm. and um Things got really bad that day, um, and between all the reports of my symptoms, my that were getting worse still, and my fever was up to I think 102 at that point, and um, my O2 stats were still hanging, kind of in the 86 to 92 range is where they pretty much stayed throughout the whole thing. But um, this is day seven. Yeah, this is right? day seven. Or is this day eight? Well, this is, well, Tuesday, Tuesday night. Tuesday to Tuesday, okay. Tuesday to Tuesday. Um, finally, between Lauren and my husband and my doctor, they all said, yeah, you need to, we're taking you to the hospital. Um, 
and I didn't want to go to the hospital. That's where everyone was dying. Mm. You know, I didn't, I hadn't had my TV on during that week. I couldn't, I mean, any sound made my head just in pain and I didn't want to be awake for any reason um, because I didn't want to feel what I was feeling. So I was mainly sleeping, but um, I was very reluctant to go to the hospital. Um, I, I felt that that was for sure I was going to die because that's what you hear. <laughs> that's all you hear right now is all these people dying on ventilators in the hospital or not having enough ventilators for the people coming to the hospital. You know, this is just the, what everybody's hearing about it. So I was really scared about going, um, but knew it could be my only real chance. So I did, I packed up. I, it took a long time for me to pack a bag. I knew Eric couldn't be there with me at the hospital. Um, so I started packing the essential things that I know people forget when they go to the hospital, like the toothbrush <laughs> and glasses and contact case and books and whatever. I packed a little backpack and it took a long time because every time I would get up to grab something for Eric to put in my bag, I'd have to lay down. Mm. Um, and he, he was like with his mask and trying to kind of stay away from me, but also like trying to push me along. Yeah. I hadn't walked down my stairs in a long time. <laughs> I don't even know the, I think it was the Friday, Thursday or Friday before was the last time I'd even walked down the stairs of my house. So I was like, I, it was difficult to even ambulate to the bathroom and I didn't even think I'd make it down the stairs to the car. <laughs> There's no way. Um, but I knew what I had to do and pushed through the pain um, and got in the car and drove to the hospital. Okay. <sighs> and this is the afternoon. This is the afternoon. Um, and um, I went to the hospital. They, you know, gave us masks when we first came in. And usually when you go to the hospital, they put you in a room to triage you and get all your uh, vitals at baseline before they actually put you in a room but right now in this at this time you go straight to a room so I went to a room um I was freezing cold it was very uncomfortable I and they asked me to of course change into a gown which I did um I was chit-chatting with the nurse of course um <laughs> who had been a nurse for like 45 years Oh. Um, and just thanking her um, that was one thing like I know that these people who are working in our hospitals are risking their lives mm -hmm. too when they're treating people like me um, so I made a point to think I had two nurses one doctor and then a radiology tech so those are kind of the four people I came in contact with um, but the first um, was the nurse. She came in to check my vitals and then the doctor came in to kind of ask me some questions, basic questions like, have you traveled in the last 14 days? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, and then she just kind of told me her plan of action was to get a chest x-ray um, uh, to start. So, um, oh, and to um, nope, that was the first thing. So they came in, they did a chest x-ray. Um, the doctor came right back in she said, I haven't 
heard from the radiologist yet, but I just looked at your x-ray and you have pleural effusions, which means my, my lungs have fluid. I'm not, you know, and she, she said, this is for sure viral, a viral pneumonia, most likely COVID-19, but I'm going to take a few more tests. I'm going to do a blood draw. Um, and, um, I'm going to get you some fluids. Um, so she left, nurse came in, um, drew my blood or started the IV fluids, um, in an IV in my right arm and then did a blood draw on my left arm. Um, and then the doctor came in a little while later and said, um, so yeah, you, um, you have increased white blood cell counts. You have increased, um, enzymes in your liver. Um, I am saying this is COVID-19. Um, and I just want to monitor, I'm going to continue to give you fluids. Um, and I kind of want to just keep monitoring your vitals. Um, and then I'll be back. So I was there what felt like forever. Um, <laughs> And it's, it's like, it's just different. It's not like you're in a cozy bed at home. You have no family around. You're in a pretty isolated environment. You hear other people sick um, around you. Um, there was one guy coughing so hard that had come in after me. Um, and it was just like, and, it, and the doctor and nurse temperament changed from when I first came in to when other people started coming in. Mm you could almost feel their, um, anxiety too. Mm. Um, um, but anyway, they did, um, keep monitoring me. My O2 stats never dropped below 86. Um, so at, they basically came in, they decided that, um, they were going to walk me around and see how um, my O2 stats did after walking around. I still never dropped below 86 or maybe like it was 84. I don't know, but she, um, she just said, you know, I really don't want to admit you um, because I don't want to put you at any sort of increased risk and you're mm -hmm. hanging in there as mm -hmm. far as your oxygen levels. So unless you um, get below 86 consistently or if you dip down into the 70s, then I don't want you here. So I, I'm going to send you home. Um, and then she gave me what I like to refer to as this mom lecture. <laughs> it was insane. <clears throat> it was, the first part was all about water. She said, I want you to drink at least three liters of water, at least three liters of water a day. Mm. I can do that. I have no problem drinking water. Um, and then she said, and then you're, you need to put your family to work. <laughs> they need to be cleaning every crevice of your house. Give them, um, mask and gloves and we have those at our house um and give them cleaning um supplies and they need to be scrubbing and she went on and on about this it was like just insane i was like oh my god i'm like sick and you're here shoving this cleanliness <laughs> down my throat and she's like if there's a dish that's used it needs to go immediately into the dishwasher do not put it in the sink and it was just like what I was not anticipating that, but, um, 
I sure did put them to work yeah, <laughs> right away. I, I told bet. Eric, this is what she said. And, <laughs> you know, he was so concerned and he couldn't get a hold of me. Oh, um, oh yeah. And didn't know what was going on. And um, I think at one point, one of the nurses was like, your husband's trying to get a hold of you. Can I get your cell phone and, and plug it in? It had died or almost dead and in my bag. And I'm like, yeah. So mm. I had finally updated him and I know he was probably pretty scared. So. Yeah. <laughs> I I can't yeah. imagine, but I I bet so. Okay, yeah. so so good news you you don't get admitted, you get to go home. Uh, bad yeah. news you're you have COVID nineteen. You feel so bad, you're still not sure you're going to make it out of this. Yeah, I did. There was really no way. I it it was not good. I and that night got worse. Mm. Um. It, the next few days works. Um, I think two days after, I don't know if it was the next day or the day after, honestly, the, the, it's kind of, especially the end part, the beginning part when I could still like manage to write things down and all of that, like that, I remember somewhat easier and maybe cause I wrote it down, but, um, the last, I think March, April 1st through April 4th, was the worst of it. I, I should say March 30th, you know, that Monday until that Saturday, Sunday, that's a blur, but I do know what I felt and what I was experiencing. So the worst um, of it was, was almost a week long. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it was bad. I mean, it was, I would wake up just drenched um, in sweat and then like have all these symptoms and I would like wake up and my husband's standing over me with his mask and he has the pulse ox on my finger mm. and you know he's switching the things out and you know saying here take this here take this um oh because that next day my doctor prescribed me a um cough syrup with hydrocodone and coughing pills and um those like knocked me out. They were, they have controlled substances in them. Um, so they really make you drowsy, which was good because when I was sleeping, I wasn't feeling what I was feeling when I was awake. Mm -hmm. Um, but they caused some pretty intense hallucinations, um, and dream and weird dreams. And I would just wake up, um, in a cold sweat, just like, disoriented extremely dehydrated so it wasn't hard to just force that water down finally on april 1st so that day after i was in the hospital eric's best bud lauren's husband derek um dropped off some insure and there was like these juices and protein shakes and for whatever reason there's this insure fruit punch juice i highly recommend it for anybody who's <laughs> Um, that Eric started adding when he dropped my water bottles, he'd add one of these juices and I was able to sip it and I could keep it down. And I'm like, yes, finally some sort of nutrition I can actually keep down. And my husband every day was trying to get me to eat something. Um, it was not possible. Like I no. one day he tried to make me a peanut butter toast. And so I was like, maybe I could eat a t- piece of toast mm. <laughs> and I would take a bite and I'm like, nope. <laughs> that's not happening. Uh, when we talked a couple days ago, you, you mentioned, I think you called it the insurer that saved your life. The insurer that saved my life. Was that, I, that, was that the one you were just referring to? Yeah. Okay. And so I started taking that on April 1st and, um, 
And then after I think a couple of days, he, I don't know if we ran out of that stuff. <laughs> and I think we did because when I finally came out and I think the next, it was, I think Sunday the 5th was the first time I walked downstairs in my house. There wasn't any of that available. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I just sucked them all down. Um, but he um, started um, dropping the actual protein shakes, which are thicker and have more pro more vitamins and nutrients and things in them. So I think it was that stepping stone of like this juice to this protein shake that just to really get some nutrition back in my body because I didn't have anything fighting um, from a nutrients perspective mm -hmm. against what I was going through. Um, the medicines were keeping me asleep and keeping my coughing at bay. Um, but it, there's nothing to cure coronavirus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's kind of whatever your body has to fight it. Um, so, um, yeah, this went on for several days where I was just like, I was gone. I was, I was gone. I would wake up. I had no recollection of time. I had no idea of days. I would just wake up. I would start coughing. And then here comes my husband with his mask. Mm -hmm. Like it was like my cough was his calling to come into mm -hmm. my bedroom. Um, and I think my messages, any message that I actually got from my phone were like, are you okay? Are you? And I would just say not good. <laughs> or like, are you doing any better? No. Yeah. Like, and there was a, nothing else. there was a point right where you couldn't even pick up your phone you didn't have the energy no i couldn't no it was <laughs> it was yeah it was awful it was so, really bad i would not wish it on anyone in the whole world yeah. ever never never no one nobody so there's this experience of almost a week where you literally don't know if you're gonna live um yeah and then you had this moment where you were able to text your family and say something like, I don't remember your exact words, um, I'm going to make it or I'm going to live or I'm going to be okay. Describe that moment. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was that? Saturday or Sunday. It was either the fourth or the fifth. And again, I'm, I was, I'm still, I'm still terrible with the days. Actually, I told my son to go on a conference call with his teacher this morning and it's not until tomorrow. So <laughs> I am still bad with the days, but I, I don't know. You're remembering said, this pretty well. You know, I've had a lot of conversations about this since this all occurred. Mm -hmm. So every time I talk about it, um, I remember more. Um, but I think I said something like, let me just see it. I'll tell you exactly when it was. Yeah, just read it. Here, I'm just going to find it. But yeah, it was along those lines of... And um, I, I think I'm going to live through this. Um, what happened? Like, what was the turning point for you? What made you realize that? Um, it was just honestly, like I woke up and I felt, I felt alive. Like I mm. felt like my body was finally going to push through it. Like it had, like I had started I started downhill like I had always, the whole time I had been on this upward climb that was just yeah. terrible and then finally I felt like it was finally downhill like I mm. finally felt like I was on the other side of it and mm. it like and I just knew anyone who knows you knows that you're not a pessimistic <laughs> person oh no so you're not I making mean, this up no 
no, no, no. I, oh, yeah. Here's what it, it was. April 5th at 9.34 a.m. I sent a message. We have this group called Boss Ladies of the Family. It's all the women in, in my mom's family. It's all my sisters, sister-in-laws, mom, aunts, cousins, all female only. Um, because none of the men want to be involved in this conversation. <laughs> but on April 5th at 9.34 a.m., I sent a message to them and I said, I woke up this morning feeling like I might live through this exclamation point. Mm. That was the message. And this is 12 days after the first symptom. Yeah. Yep. And I did, and I had my husband move a camping chair into my bedroom because I don't have a chair in my bedroom and I was in my bed for so long. And I was like, I just want a chair. (laughs) So he moved a chair in and so I would sit in the chair a while and drink my protein shake and drink my water. And I took a bath. Oh, I hadn't shaved my legs that whole time, of course. That was really (laughs) gross. So I was like, step one, shave legs. It was a kind of funny, funny conversation I had with some of my girlfriends, actually. Even like (laughs) the priorities. (laughs) But even like the realization of I can actually do a daily task. I can take a bath and shave my legs. It's going to be the best. (laughs) That's that's resurrection right there. It was. I mean, I truly felt like my prayers were answered, that all prayers for me had been answered at that point. Mm. And just felt so grateful to God um, to save me. Um, But since then, it's been different. Like, you know, I think any trauma, I guess you would call this a trauma. I would call this a trauma. It certainly felt traumatic. Yes, yes, you would call this a trauma. Um, That trauma, certainly um, coming out of it, I just, I, I have been seeing things and feeling things different. (laughs) <laughs> for sure um well let's okay let's get to that in a moment first yeah a couple yeah. questions yeah it's it's two and a half weeks now after the text message feeling like i might live through this um what if you were to give it a percentage about your health now feeling back to normal what would you say you're at i would say i'm probably close to i w- i don't know i 85 90 percent okay so um, not 100 but no, I'm not a hundred for Getting sure. Right. I still have coughing. I had to put a cough drop in to do this. You can hear my voice. I'm <laughs> still a little raspy, rattly. Um, I'm up to 40 minutes of walking. Um, that's what I did two nights ago, um, which was really hard to get to. Um, the first time I went out for a walk, I think, I don't even remember which day it was, honestly, after that, but Um, I'm like, I think I'm ready to go outside. It was so nice, you know, and I walked like a block and a half and I'm a walk. I like to walk. So Mm -hmm. I I get a block and a half and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it back. (laughs) Like (laughs) we got to, we got to go back. And my husband's like, come on. And I'm like, (laughs) no, we got to go back. And then the next day was just a little bit further. So I've just been trying to get back to my physical strength. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, and get back to nutrition eating again, which has been difficult. Um, and I asked you um, if anyone else got it in your family, got the virus. And, and your response was probably what a lot of people's response would be to that question, which is maybe. <laughs> maybe. Not sure. Um, well, the day that I like came to, that I guess it was April 5th, 
Um, my husband t decides to tell me that he's had a headache for three days mm. and I'm like, Oh Lord. Cause seriously, <laughs> I like right away. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like you have like headache was one of my symptoms. So I'm like, if this is, if this is you starting it, like, and I'm still down or I get worse again, like what happens to our son? Like, mm -hmm you have this 11 year old sitting in this house with these two parents. Cause of course, like your mind goes to, this is what it was like for me. Of course, this is what it's going to mm -hmm. be like for them. Mm -hmm. Um, which it's not the truth. Um, there are people who get, have zero symptoms with coronavirus. Mm -hmm. There are some people who die. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's so variable. Um, and, and with even him, when he, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Even Hunter had what a cough or something. Yeah, he he had developed a cold, so, so I hadn't seen him. Right, I've seen my son. Okay. And this is your eleven-year-old uh, again. My eleven-year-old. Yeah, we're in the same house, but I haven't seen him. Um, and I guess he had developed a cold sore, um, and a cold. So as soon as I'm standing up for the first time, the very first thing Hunter says, and I have my mask on and everything, and the very first thing my eleven-year-old Hunter says to me is mom, it looks, it, it's so awesome to see you walking again. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, thanks, buddy. It feels really good to be walking again. I'm like, what is on your face? <laughs> and then, um, and then he started, I think it was the day after he started developing these cold like symptoms. And I text my doctor and I'm like, OMG, my son. <laughs> and she's like, it's okay. Fortunately, you know, um, kiddos typically have a more mild version of it um mm -hmm. and I was like okay so he just yeah. had a cold for a couple of days but I just kept him hydrated watched him took, took his temperature but I went right into mom mode like a crazy woman started taking notes <laughs> of course there you go <laughs> but and um, that Eric had said about his three-day headache so you know they could have had it it yeah. could that could have been coronavirus for them yeah and I, I hope yeah. it is Right, right. And even for you, okay, you're, you're just beginning being 38 years old. You're, yeah. you're not in like the high risk bracket, um, other than you've had lifelong asthma and bad allergies to mm -hmm. everything, apparently. And you said that yeah. you're pretty convinced that has something to do with the severity of yours. Would you say that? Or is it, I have no idea. I do. Okay. I really do believe because of my allergies and asthma that that's the main reason why you know there's there's so many things that people are researching and saying mm -hmm. and um one of the things that people talk about is blood type you know like mm -hmm. uh in china they did this study of all the people there and studied their blood types and 30 percent of the cases were a type blood and guess what type of blood kate's rule has mm. a negative blood mm. so it's like maybe it was my blood maybe it was a combination of things who knows yeah um you don't know um yeah. but i'm just i feel seriously grateful to god and that i had the people that i had around me that i had my husband that i had a home that I could be in a bedroom alone, mm -hmm. you know, with a bathroom. Um, I feel grateful for my, for where I work. Yeah. I feel grateful um, for my friends and family and the opportunity to live <laughs> yeah. and share this experience. Um, yeah. yeah. And 
Um, you've now tested positive for the antibodies. Yes. So my doctor reached out to me last week. Um, at the beginning of the week, midweek something, she said, hey, of course, this is right when it's about to snow. She's like, hey, so there's a test that the um, FDA is working to approve. Um, there's none that are actually approved yet, or they weren't as at least of last week. But this one is under review to test for antibodies. Would you be interested? It's 15 bucks. <laughs> I'm like, yep, <laughs> sign me up for that because I want to know. Yeah. Like, you know, traditionally people get, who get tested for coronavirus get the swab, mm-hmm. um, which some say they're false negative. I had another friend who's who had a lot of the same symptoms as me um, who felt like she for sure had it took the swab and it was negative and she's confident it was a false negative. Mm. Um, she's going to try to get any antibody tests with her doctor. But anyway, my doctor asked me last week if I would do it. Yes. I coordinated it with her for Friday cause it snowed Wednesday night and Thursday was not good to go out. So Friday I just pulled up to her parking lot and she came out with her full mask, like the whole shield and garb and everything. And, just did a little finger poke um, and 30 minutes later sent me a text message. Well, and what, when she came out, I was like, so Dr. Lentz, you know, I, I brought her flowers and stuff. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. I love you. Thank you for keeping me alive, but go grab it. It's on that side. I can't touch it. <laughs> um, but she was just like, I was asking her questions, like how many have you tested? And you know, how many patients did you have? And she said, you know, I've tested five other people with, for this antibody test and all of them were negative so far. And I'm like, oh, wow. Whoa. I'm like, maybe the test is not effective or not working or something. And she's like, well, I'll let you know in about 30 minutes. I'm like, okay. So she texted me um, about 30 minutes later and it said, you were immediately positive. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. I was like, well, good to know. I'm glad yeah. that like my diagnosis was correct um, and that we can confirm it through that. And I'm just grateful that I have fighters on board. So if I do mm. get it again, which I could, um, I at least have something in my body to protect me a little bit better. Um, yeah. And that felt really good. You know, it felt really good. Not only that she thought of me and reached out to me, but that I had that opportunity. Like I've just been really lucky through all of it, but but yeah, she's like, yeah, I'm not surprised you were really, really sick. <laughs> like, yep. Well, <laughs> thank you for saving my life. Yeah. Um, I love you. <laughs> uh, well, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you sharing all this with us. We're not done because we have another part of this conversation. Yeah. But, yeah. Sorry uh, to everyone who's still hanging. Hopefully some people uh, no. are still hanging in there. I know I talk a lot. No, this, this might be like the least amount of people who have stopped in the middle of a podcast because this <laughs> story is it's so real um it is real it did so happen i was the, there. <laughs> <laughs> the second part how in the midst of all of this um and i was if you have maybe if you have time i want to i want to know if there's any if there were any like why me moments in all of this there are people who don't even have symptoms and here i am not sure if i'm going to make it um but how have you seen god in all of this and couple things I'd like, and you will, because you, these were your reactions when I asked you this before. Um, first of all, how absolutely fantastic Eric is. Um, <sighs> second, 
you've experienced this at 38. I might not live to see another week to be 39 or whatever. What is it you've realized like actually matters now? Because not a lot of people who have experiences where, where they think they might lose it all tend to get priorities that are on the other side of that, that are a bit more grounded than, than most of us. Um, so like what actually matters to you? And then also at some point, um, I want you to tell the time since, since you had this virus that you cried at a garden hose. <laughs> <laughs> I've sure been crying a lot. <laughs> and laughing a lot too. Um, so I, okay, I just threw a lot of questions. I'll try to, I know. I'm like, I should have wrote this down. While nope, I still ha- I haven't written down. So don't worry. Okay, cool. How have you seen so, that? Um, I still got through it all. Um, I made it home, first of all, mm. <laughs> just in time for Mexico. So let's start there. Mm. Um, I came home to a home. <laughs> I, I'm a, I've been on the other side of, of where I am right now. I've been homeless. I've been the single mom on welfare. I've, mm. I've been on the other side of, of where I am now. Uh, as far as I guess set up right like I have a good home I have um, a a great husband um, beautiful children um, a great career I I'm just in a really good place in my life and I think I appreciate that more now than even than I did before like um, just realizing how fortunate I was to have this home and like that God had put me on this path to be where I am. Um, Grateful to God for my family um, that I have the opportunity to go to the hospital, um, that I had my doctor, um, that I had people praying for me. Um, You had like a team of not only people praying for you, but behind the scenes medical people telling other medical people to tell you. (laughs) Yeah, I had a, I had a pretty extensive network. I had, I mean, I know I have a big network. I've been in sales for goodness sake for a long time. <laughs> I know a lot of people. I, I've lived in a lot of places um, around the country, around the world. So I, I know a lot of people. But you don't really truly see how that plays a part in your life. Truly. <laughs> I mean, I never thought Lauren as a nurse practitioner would be... <laughs> guiding my husband through keeping me alive like that was never a thought like I love Lauren she's so fun (laughs) and I love spending time with her but I I've talked to her a few times since and I'm just telling her like I can't thank you like I just feel super grateful to have all of that and that's a god thing (laughs) um I live in beautiful Colorado (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know if you see our sunrises and sunsets, which I've always loved, mm-hmm. but there's so much more I see now that I didn't mm-hmm. see before. The sunset happening right now. Yeah. Just about, not quite yet. It hasn't lit up yet, oh. but just the, there's so much, um, so much beauty. Um, when you take out the hustle and bustle of stuff, like, TV and work and 
phone calls and emails and all these mm. this noise there's so much noise um and none of that matters mm. um my job doesn't matter money doesn't matter at that point like we're gonna have a hefty bill on our hands and i know that like we just saw some of the um explanation of benefits that came through and i'm like well i guess there is kind of a price tag on my life <laughs> i mean but it doesn't matter like mm -hmm. none of that matters it's like okay mm -hmm. um it just matters that i'm alive i'm here with my my children i'm here with my husband um i have such a beautiful family and friends and those connections that's what matters mm -hmm. number one um my relationship with god obviously yeah. um being able to like talk to him in that in that moment in those times like i pray i pray for people a lot but that was like <laughs> that was something different um usually when i'm praying i'm praying for other people i don't pray for myself a lot um and i I've asked for forgiveness, absolutely, um, but not like that. <laughs> um, and I've never bargained like that before. Hmm. Um, so that's how I've, I've seen God, or I saw God through it, um, just in the way that he's blessed me with the people in my life and the situation I'm in. Like, everything in my life has led me to this point. Hmm. And I'm super grateful for it. Um, Your line, taking up the hustle and bustle of stuff is a fantastic line, by the way. It really is. It's like, I've, I've actually really appreciated um, working from home, usually at my baseline. I'm cruising around in my car trying to get to 20 places at once and on the phone with 20 people trying to answer them all at once and and there are still busy days on the phone, but I'm not on the phone at my house. I don't necessarily have to get dressed in human, or I guess my, my boss calls it public pants. I don't necessarily <laughs> have to put public pants on. Um, <clears throat> you know, I can just walk downstairs to get my coffee. I'm not, or tea. Actually, I've been drinking a lot of tea. Oh. Um, but I can go downstairs and, you know, heat up my water through my Keurig at home i'm not going to starbucks mm -hmm. uh, you know it's, there's just so much change that's happened um anyway um so i'm certainly seeing things differently mm -hmm. um since um i know i told you one of the walks that eric and i went on i think it was easter actually we were walking it was snowing we're like, you know, Eric's like, let's get bundled up in our hats and gloves and walk anyway. And I'm like, absolutely. And mm -hmm. so we started walking and there was this moment we turned this corner and there was all these rocks like on the side of these people's fence. And there's just all these beautiful colors of rocks. And it was just like so captivating and beautiful to me. It's <laughs> like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> Oh, and then I saw um, our neighbor across the, we have a little creek behind our house and on the other side of it, there's this guy and he has a little three-year-old son. I would say three, maybe two or three, but he, maybe four. I don't know. I'm really bad with age, but he was 
um, the dad was working in his garden boxes and with his hose and the son grabbed it out of his dad's hands and started spraying him with it and the dad was running off and I just started crying like bawling like my face like I'm tearing up now (laughs) but it was like um it's just beautiful to see families or like beautiful to see people connecting and doing just the simplest things and finding joy in the in the simple things Mm. like that was that dad did not get mad at that child he (laughs) was just like laughing and the kid was so overjoyed and it was just it's just beautiful to see things like that Mm. um and i'm just more overwhelmed with it and i'm just seeing a lot more beautiful things that are simple um since my experience yeah. And I like the, it makes me think of being yes people as opposed to no people. Like I imagine there was a, a sort of joy getting bundled up and walking out on a cold snowy day because you could <laughs> than yeah. Than otherwise. Yeah. It's like, absolutely. Yeah. Let's go for a walk. Yeah, because I we don't can do know. It. It's just. Now we're going to go cry at rocks and we're going to go cry at <laughs> garden. <laughs> That's life. We're going to appreciate it. And yeah. um, you, you said at one point, this, this has actually strengthened your belief in marriage even. Absolutely. Eric and I have not always had the, um, I don't know if anybody could probably ever say they've had the perfect marriage, of course. I mean, <laughs> marriage is a, is a, is. Do not think so. Yeah. Marriage is work, right? And it's not always easy. And it's, we've had a lot of tough times that we've gone through. Um, and we've relied on each other for things. Absolutely. I've never depended on him as much as I did through that. Mm. And he's never stepped up like that either, or, ha- or had the opportunity to step up, thank God. Um, but it was just like, coming out of it like oh my gosh I'm so lucky (laughs) I'm so lucky to have Eric as my husband yeah yeah, man he is a saint he really did do a great job taking care of me and you know um my family is so grateful to him and um, my friends are so grateful to him and we were having a conversation with another couple we're friends with um we did a you know we were neighborhood watching the um, flight thing go by um oh the thunderbird um, the thunderbird yeah um, so for for those of you not in northern colorado the, or in colorado uh a couple of days ago i don't even remember what day it was um there was a group of six or eight thunderbirds uh planes like jets flying th- down the front range to um to salute for like the workers right now the emergency workers medical workers that that kind of thing and it was fantastic so anyway sorry Kate. it was fantastic and so all of us are out you know all my neighbors and every, we're all talking and they're asking about my experience and i think um we just i just said i'm so grateful for eric you know and and what he did to take care of me and and um one of the couples said yeah my wife if it were me um, my wife, um, would, I would be dead for like three or four days and she wouldn't know I was there. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I'm like, I, 
I would have probably been somebody to make a comment like that, but <laughs> I feel really fortunate that I know the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and it does like it, it's, it's restored my, um, my faith in our marriage for sure. Hmm. That's great. That's great. Um, did you, I almost feel like we're on the other side of this. So I hesitate to bring it up, but, but I'm going to, were there ever moments of like, why me? Why am I in this position? No. Okay. I never felt like that. Honestly, it was more just like, Oh, this sucks. Uh, get me out of this. And then, Oh, thank God I'm out of this. Yeah. That was it. Pretty much. There was never a time where it's like, why me versus somebody else or right. whatever. Right. And, but there were times maybe that I was like, well, because I did this, this is probably why hmm. <laughs> like, you know, like, like this oh, is a consequence of something. Yeah. Like this is a consequence of my sins or, you know, bad things that I've done in my past. Like maybe that's what it is. Um, what do you think about that now that you're on the other side of it? I don't think that's the case. I, yeah. I honestly, I don't either. I, I just honestly believe that we all, um, have experiences for a reason. Um, and the, the best that we can do is take it, um, digest it, learn from it, apply it and move on. Mm -hmm. Um, God can bring something good out of any garbage dump of a situation. Heck yeah. And honestly, that's usually where you see most of the beauty in life is beauty and growth, beauty and growth. I, I mean, you know, I was a single mom at a young age. Um, and I, I had gone through some dark times before and that, you know, having God in that time too, and coming out of it and being like, Oh my gosh, thank goodness. I was able to go through that fight. And there's one thing, um, our friend Heather Wartenberg, actually, she loves this mm. saying it's one of my favorites. It's about the butterfly, so a butterfly, when it's fighting out of a cocoon, that fight is so tough for that butterfly. Um, but that butterfly's fight to get through the cocoon is actually what allows the blood to flow to the butterfly's wings and allows it to fly. Hmm. And so if it doesn't experience that fight through the cocoon, um, then it will die. Um, so if like somebody pries open a cocoon, for instance, that butterfly won't ever be able to fly or potentially live because it oh. didn't have to fight. I did not and know that. And so it's like you sometimes just need to fight the fight mm. <laughs> and you're stronger coming out of it and you can fly then, you know, mm. you can, you can soar. Um, and so I, I thank God for the experience. Um, I'm, I'm not mad. <laughs> Hmm. I'm just grateful. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So what Matt, like going back to what matters, um, sounds yeah. like, like for you, it's slowing down. It's, Hey, the, the, the thing that a lot of people think are the little, little things, little moments are actually like where the life is at. It's the big things. It's the time with the family. It's the rocks and the hoses. It's taking walks in the snow. It's being grateful for my husband and my kids and, there is a and listening and listening. That's always been a trouble for me. Like I'm, I'm a bad listener. I'm, I used to be a bad listener. I should say I'm working on that, <laughs> but the conversations I've had with friends and even 
people in my work, it's all slowed down and it's more meaningful conversation. Hmm. You know, like coordinating care for patients in the regular pace environment is, okay, what do they need? Okay, got it. Okay, bye. But now it's like, hey, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. What is going on with you? Are you okay? Mm -hmm. You know, and kind of extending that conversation. That's me asking them. Um, because I want to know that other people are okay too. This is a crazy time. And yeah. like, I want people to know that I care about them and want, want them to be well too. And I don't, I don't want anybody to ever experience this. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well, you're, you're an inspiration, Kate. Um, Thanks, man. Final question. You ready for the final question? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> There's this passage in Philippians where Paul's right into this church in Philippi and starts talking about be, being content. He says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So this word content here means to be in a, a state of peacefulness, satisfaction. So Paul's like, Hey, I know what it is to like be a, a, a home, a homeless, be homeless or, or be a single mom on welfare. Uh, and I know what it is to have it all. I know what it is to have all of my health. I know what it is to be in the hospital with COVID-19 and all of it. I have learned to be in a state of peacefulness, a state of satisfaction, contentment. In, in the midst of all of this, how are you, how have you been, been learning to be content, at peace, and satisfied? It's, it just is. Um, I don't even know how to explain it, but it, it is. It's like I'm, I'm, I see my work to-do list in the morning, and I'm like, if I get it done, great. If not, hmm. that doesn't matter. You know, I see my, I'll see my laundry piling up and I'm like, that's okay. There will always be more laundry. You know, it's just, <laughs> everything is, is different. Um, and I am more at peace. I, and even when I've been told bad news from afar or have been, had stones thrown at me <laughs> for going to Mexico or whatever, it's like, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't impact me. Um, I, I just feel lucky to be alive mm. and that's all. And the best that I can do is the best that I can do. Mm. Um, and I feel good about that. Um, I feel good. I, I just feel good. I feel mm. really, I feel really at peace. Um, I'm still, you know, I'm still recovering, but I'm just about there. I, I find, I don't know, everything's just such a slower pace. And I think mm -hmm. that's, that allows for peace. Um, yeah. I don't know. A lot of the busyness isn't in my life. Um, and that's up to me too, um, to maintain, um, because I have been a yes person. <laughs> a lot in my past and it's easy to stack things on to please others um versus truly searching of like is this really aligned with me hmm. um and my key priorities um 
and my key priorities are my fam. I told you my family, mm-hmm. um, my friends, um, myself, my relationship with God and nothing else really matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know that I'll get through it. I know that I have the strength to get through anything. Wow. Well, we have all been blessed by those of us who know you, by you first, um, but those people listening by your story, your heart. I've said it before. I'll say it again. This world needs your smile, your laugh, your spirit. You bring something to this world um, that enriches us. So I'm grateful to know you. Uh, I am terribly sorry you had to go through this. So grateful you're on the other side of it. Your attitude is is fantastic. Um, Eric is amazing. Your kids are wonderful. And so we are just thankful for you and that you could share your experience with us. Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate you taking the time to hear my story, to share my story. Um, And I thank you for everything that you do for the messages that you bring so eloquently um, without gum in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) That you know of anyway. That I know of, (laughs) um, but I certainly appreciate you and look forward to the other messages that you continue to bring. um, And thank you again. Thank you, Kate. Uh, Everybody, thank you for listening. We weren't putting a, a time limit on this one. We needed to hear all of it. So this has been what's true for everybody experience 62 seeing God in a pandemic with Kate Spruill. Stay, stay, stay safe, stay healthy, stay content. Much love to you all. We will see you next time. Grace and peace.